Welcome to the Wolverine Digest podcast, the best spot for objective and authentic coverage of Michigan athletics. If you want open dialogue, honest opinions, and in-depth coverage of the maize and blue, this is the podcast for you. And now, here's your host, Brandon Brown, joined as always by Chris Breiler. Joined as always by Chris Breiler. As Chris, that makes, like said, that makes you feel like good. This all the time, right? That makes you, you feel me. good, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Feels great. Excited, excited about a Friday. We've got some really cool stuff, some fun stuff. If you can hear the music and our introduction, that's all new. We've added that. Hope to take things up a little bit in terms of production value. If you're out there and you can hear it, just confirm for us real quick that you can hear the music and that you can hear our intro so that we uh, don't have a bunch of dead space for our listeners. Because I can hear it. Chris can hear it. Our guests can hear it, but we want to make sure the people viewing and watching out there can hear it. So hopefully that's working well. But we're super excited, man. We are joined tonight by sophomore running back Blake Corum. Um, Chris and I both extremely high on Blake. Think he's going to have a big, big year. Originally from Virginia, finished up at St. Francis Academy and uh, killed it there. Did some really special things in 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 limited reps last year as a true freshman but expecting big things in in 2021 so blake thanks so much for joining us man we appreciate it no i appreciate you guys all right we've got confirmation chris everybody out there can hear what we're doing so we're we're good we're good to go all right so blake uh we were joking a little bit before we started man you threw some pictures out there from the weight room made everybody like me and chris these old guys jealous of the you know the physique and being <laughs> rocked up uh talk, tell us a little bit about like how how do you how do you find the drive for that your, your your mentality your your background your work ethic everything that you bring to football the weight room just trying to get better just how how do, how do you get to a place where you can put a picture like that out there I mean, it really started from like a young age. Um, it really came from my dad and my mom. When they grew up, my dad's dad, my dad's grandfather, you know, they were brick masons. So they already had the work ethic in them. And they taught my dad. And then my dad took it to another level. And my, then my dad taught me. And the same with my mom, you know, working from a young age. It was always work ethic in the family. And, um, you know, when I was growing up, I always had like ambition. I always wanted to do something. And, uh, my dad always told me, like, if I wanted to do something, like, go do it. And so he never forced me to do anything. Um, it was kind of always, hey, dad, I wake, I wake him up at, like, 4.30 in the morning. Hey, dad, let's go to the gym. <laughs> it was, like, 20, 24 or Snap Fitness or something like that. It was open up 20. It was open 24 <laughs> We could go whenever we wanted. I wake him up. Hey, dad, let's go get some work. Hey, dad, let's go get some work. And so uh, it really just came from them always just showing me the way. And once they showed me, I just took it took advantage of it, took the opportunity. And that's where, that's how I'm here now. I wanted to ask you how much of that led into you coming from Virginia to a place like St. Francis, where it's like, I mean, certainly playing time, not promised at a place like that. Tons of talent, crazy schedule, you know, playing all the best teams in the country. I mean, I imagine that was a pretty, pretty big motivator for going to a place like that. Yeah, yeah, it definitely was. You know, uh, I come from a small town in Virginia. Um, where we, we have some good athletes, but, you know, living in a small town, the college recruiters, they don't really come out that way. And so I knew I had to go somewhere else. So I originally went to St. Vincent Pilate High School. Um, I ended up getting like 27 or 28 offers there. My first offers were in eighth grade. Wow. Um, but I knew the talent there wasn't really 
where I wanted to be to get to the next level. So that's when I went to St. Francis, and uh, that was the that was a powerhouse. Mm-hmm. We played the best of the best every week, um, and that's it helped me. It helped me when I came here. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do, Blake, I want to go back a little bit because when you and I originally um, connected, and I think it was some months back, maybe even last season, we talked a little bit about, you know, your blue collar background. And I think that that's something that, you know, Michigan fans in particular can appreciate a, a, about a guy like you. You know, a lot of times you see like highly rated high school recruit coming in, you think, oh man, it's another pampered athlete, whatever, whatever. You are blue collar through and through. And one of the things you said to me when we were exchanging messages back and forth, I think it was something to the effect of country strength is different than gym strength, right? Nah. Something like that. Yeah, so, like- yeah. So can you talk about that blue collar background and how that helped get not just your body, but your mind right and ready to compete at college football at this level? Yeah. You know, so I worked with my dad a lot and uh, he has his own landscaping business. So we're always, you know, lifting trees, a lot of tree work and uh, sod work and stuff like that. And so that's a big difference, like from lifting weights in the weight room to lifting stuff like that. But then when you combine both of them, it creates a machine. That's what we've been seeing in the photos. A lot of yeah. what we're seeing looks like a machine, to be quite honest. <laughs> right, right. Um, but there's, there's definitely a, a big difference between country strength and weight room strength. I feel like country strength is like just it's just like natural strength. Where weight room strength, you have to work for it. Yeah. Well, see, Brandon and I, we both grew up in the country. So I, I feel like a real strong guy. I know Brandon <laughs> feels like we, we can relate to you, at least on that level. Not, you know, you take a picture of us, you wouldn't know by looking listen, at us. But listen, I will say, I, will say I, I think there's some legitimacy to what Blake's saying. I've never yeah. been the strongest guy in the world, but I had buddies who were not big dudes, but like they could just move, they could move weight. They could throw yeah. things around. They grew up on the farm. They grew up Bales doing, hay, doing that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like they just, like- it just, it's just in them. Like they, they just, that has to be done. That needs to be moved from here to there. I'm going to do it. Like, it, I don't know. I think there's a lot to what Blake is saying. The, the, the different kinds of work can probably change, but that, that inner strength that you just have or don't, I yeah. think that's real. I really do. It is, it is for sure. Yeah. So one of the questions, obviously, you know, when we talk about last season, last season was a weird season, right? Mm-hmm. Can you talk about the difficulties of playing during that 2020 season? Now, I know it was your first year, so maybe you don't have a lot to compare it to, but you know, you're dealing with COVID, you're dealing with no crowd, you're testing often. There's, you know, the the schedule is unpredictable. Can you talk a little bit about how much of an impact just everything that was going on around you guys had on that season? You know, it had a big impact uh, on the whole team because, you know, you get done with winter workouts, expecting go, to go into spring ball, bam, you sent home for like three months. And so when you when you come back, you're expecting to, you know, now it's time to get in the season, it's time to get in the camp. All right, now we we, we did like three practices. All right, now the season's canceled. So it's, it's messing with your mentals. So then you have guys like, you know, stressing, thinking it's their last year. We didn't, because you didn't know uh, the seniors were going to get another year. We didn't know last year was free, you know? Yeah. So for the seniors, it's like, Dang, there goes my last year. Um, with someone like myself, it was like I graduated high school early to, you know, get ahead of the program. Yeah. And then it's like, ah, I feel like everything was shut down. Um, but it, it had a big effect because, uh, you know, we was getting tested every day. Um, the stadiums were quiet. 
you know. Yeah. It, we didn't have, you know, the, the fans to pump us up on a third down or something like that. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, it was just, it was just messing with us. And uh, we only had six games. So it was tough. It was definitely tough. But, um, you know, we, we managed to get through it. But how was that? I, it's it's crazy you say that. You graduate early, you go to Michigan. It's supposed to be like this. I'm sure it was still great in a lot of ways. But, right, right. man, how how short it must have fell from what you envisioned, you know, maybe six months before that or eight months before that. So you, you yeah. mentioned six games, only a handful at home, no crowd, you know, running out to touch the banner to, like, silence. Like, I mean, how different was it from what you – I mean, you, know, you maybe well, saw or felt, and then what it actually was. Right, right. So uh, for me, I didn't know what to expect from a fan base because you know I never played in front of fans. So for me, <laughs> that that I, I didn't have a problem with that. Yeah. Um, like that didn't affect me at all because I didn't know. I don't know no better. With but, that being said, does it does it almost feel like you're going into your first year? I mean, granted, you have the experience, but you know right. the experience on the field. But everything else that comes along with college football and that makes the game so great and one of the you know one of the most exciting sports that we have in the country. Do you almost feel like this is kind of year one for you, like your coming out party? Uh, I would not really, okay. not, not really, because I already had fans, no fans. It didn't matter. Like I already had expectations for myself, so. Like, I feel like when I'm on the field anyway, I don't hear any of that. So uh, I, I wouldn't say I feel like this is my coming out party. Um, but it, it's definitely going to be a great experience. Like, I can't wait till September 4th. Uh, but I wouldn't say it's my coming out party. But, uh, yeah. Okay. Well, you, you talk about the, you know, the expectations that you have for yourself. And I'm curious, can you talk about – you know, obviously you were, you were involved in what was going on with this team on the field, your freshman year. Can you talk about how your role, you know, not just on the field, but in the locker room has changed from year one to now going into year two? Yeah. You know, so last year being a freshman, I feel like, uh, I couldn't talk much. It was more just leading by example. And now I feel like, you know, the guys actually, uh, listen to what I say and look at, look at me as a, a leader. So I feel like that's a, a big difference in my role from last year to this year. Um, and I feel like, like I said, I, I feel like I'm not a captain, but I'm a leader. You know what I'm saying? And uh, so I, that's the biggest difference in my role. Like, you know, I can tell the guys, hey, let's get up, let's get up. I can talk to them instead of leading by example. Now I can do both. And that's what I feel like I've always done my whole life. I've always been a, a leader, leading by example and by mouth. And so uh, that's my biggest role. I think Chris and I are both really anxious to see how how you do, how how often you're on the field, how you know how Coach Hart will get to him in a little bit, but how Coach Hart uses you, uses Hassan, uses Donovan Edwards. A very talented room. I just wonder though, like you do have a talented room. I know you guys all have the same big goal. Right. But like running back's a rhythm position. You hear that a lot. Guys get into a rhythm, you work into a flow, you get it going. What's that like when you've got a guy like Hassan, a senior who I'm sure is bringing you along, but he wants to be the guy. You want to be the guy. You guys all want to be out there and play. And just what's that dynamic like in a room that has so much talent? I mean, you just uh, push each other uh, every day. Iron sharpens iron. And so when someone else is on the field, you're rooting for them to do best. When you know, So we're here for each other. If one's doing good, when he gets – he's going to eventually get tired. Now it's your opportunity to do good. So – uh I mean, we love each other. We push each other every day. Um, 
I feel like we have the best running back room in the nation. And uh, I, I think we're going to show everyone uh, that doesn't think so. And, I think Hassan said pretty much the same thing at Big Ten Media Days. Yeah. Um, I wonder what he's like. What's Hassan like in the locker room? Because I, you know, after covering him for four or five years now, I covered him when he was a recruit. He, he's not a huge talker, and he said that he's like, yeah. I, I don't say a lot. I kind of lead by example. But I'm just wondering, you're around him as much as anybody on the whole team. What's he like in there as kind of a, you know, you mentioned you feel like a leader. He's obviously in that in that role yeah. as well. Well, you know, Hassan, he's not a big talker. He doesn't like. We talk all the time, but like when it comes to certain stuff, like he's not a big talker. Like interviews, I don't think that that's not his thing. He'd rather just be on the field playing ball. And not every not everyone's a talker. Some people just lead by example. Some people do it both. Some people do one. And so um, I feel like H two is just a leader by example. He's gonna give you everything he has, and uh, and hopefully you see that he's doing that and follow him. And I feel like I that's wanna- the leader he is. I want to ask one more quick thing, Chris, about um, about Hassan, because uh, Coach Harbaugh said you you and him are kind of like running back one and one. Like that's that's what he said. He feels like both of you guys can be starters, mm-hmm. and you're very different. I mean, different builds, different running styles, different skill sets. What what are you what are you able to take from him? What are you able to learn from him when you guys are are built differently? You run differently. You do different things. Yeah, so we we kind of just bite off each other, you know. If H two, he sees things differently than I do, he'll let me know. If I see things differently than he does, he'll, well, I'll let him know. So we kind of just come together. We're like a one-two punch, you know? Uh, you don't know what you're going to get. And so uh, with us being two different types of backs, um, I feel like it's going to be hard for other defenses to come up with a scheme because they don't know. And so that's what I like about our, our running back room and uh, Hassan because, yeah, he's a big back, but he can also move. And, uh, and like, yeah, you know, I'm a smaller back, but I also can run power. So it's like we have two guys that can move and run power. So uh, it's going to be a good season. Yeah, and then and then you throw a guy like Donovan Edwards into the yeah, big Donovan, yeah. and, and at Big Ten Media Days, you know, Coach Harbaugh made clear that we would see Donovan Edwards mm-hmm. week one. Now I'm not gonna ask you to sort of, you know, give us all the goodies on on how all that's gonna work, but just Based on the time that you've spent with Donovan Edwards, it was obviously a big deal to Michigan fans to see him come. He was a highly rated recruit, yeah. you know, happy to have him here. What have you seen from him as a freshman that I guess should excite the fans that are looking forward to seeing him on the field? Uh, he's determined. You know, he's determined to be uh, better than he was the day before. Um, he puts in extra work. Um, he's going to give you his all. He's a he's not going to quit at all. Um, and he's a good bet. You know, from what y'all saw from him in high school, um, he's showing right now. And so uh, I expect big things from uh, Donovan this year. Um, And like I said, I think we have the best running back group in the nation. Yeah, I would say you're you're not alone in that. I mean, I think from the outside looking in, like fans look at this team and they think, you know, gosh, at the quarterback position or the offensive line position, like there's a lot of question marks. I think – one of the one of the position groups that most fans feel comfortable with is that running back room. It just, you know, mm-hmm. top to bottom looks extremely solid. Yeah. And we talked a little bit about, you know, what your difference has been from year one to year two. I'm also curious, like, you know, you guys struggled a little bit last year, but from everything we've heard during the offseason and Big Ten media days is that there is a different energy mm-hmm. among the team heading into this year. Can you talk about, like, what is the biggest difference you see from year one to the team you came in with to the team you're going into 2021 with? 
Right, right. So, you know, it's a character thing. Like, everyone has good character this year. Uh, it's a culture thing. The culture is way different than it was last year. I mean, uh, I'm not going to give you all too much, but, uh, <laughs> you know, when you when you walk into the building, you're going to feel something. And, it, and it's good energy. There's no bad energy in the facility right now. Um, Spring Bowl was phenomenal. Like, that was the highest energy I've felt since I've been here. Um, every day, guys are coming in and giving their all. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's just, it's different. It's a different feeling than it was last year. Yeah. Uh, like, I'll give you an example. Like today, uh, they threw a freshman in the fire today. So after our, our workout, uh, we had these things called trap chin holds. Uh, and he had to beat his time from last week. And if he didn't beat his time, there's going to be consequences for the whole team. Um, coaches put Vaseline on the bars. <laughs> it made it even harder for him. They would, you know, it made it even harder for him. But you know, the team rallied behind him. Yeah. You know, it was encouraging him to stay up there his whole time, and he beat his time. And then we all turned up. Yeah. But, uh, but you know, the, the culture is changing, and you can definitely tell. Um, I feel like everyone has their mojo back. And uh, yeah, we got to. I got a question. We got to th throw this out real quick. Up. We got. We got Blake's dad in the house. <laughs> we, we knew he was going to be in the house. <laughs> hey, that was your chance. You want to give him a shout out? You want to say yeah, something? Yeah, there you go. Y'all yeah, got to bring him on to the show. I, we, we would love hey, to have him. We, I would love to do that. You know we'll what? The, the next time you come on, we'll do we'll do a tandem. We'll have dad yeah, on here as well, and we'll yeah, ask man. dad to give us some of the uh, some of the secrets about Blake Corm that maybe yeah, Blake yeah. doesn't want to give out. Last <laughs> <laughs> words, right there. There you go. There you go. Um. Where was I here? I lost track. You know what? Dad comes in and I lose track of where I'm at here. Um, we talked about the I, biggest difference from the team last year to this year. We t you talk about the culture change a little bit. And and that's how much do you think, you know, Coach Harbaugh obviously made some significant changes to his staff during the offseason. Mm -hmm. How much of that difference in culture do you would you attribute to those changes that he made in the offseason? Because it was pretty drastic. There's not a lot of people that are doing the same thing they were doing last year. A lot of new faces. How yeah. much of that is contributing to the new culture? Uh, I think a big part of it is uh, contributing to it. Uh, it's, it's just like, like I said, when you walk into the facility from this year and last year, like you can feel the difference in the energy and the energy, you know, that goes a long way. If you, if you go into the facility with bad energy, you're not going to have fun. But everyone's having fun every day. And so, you know, with the new hiring, Coach obviously, obviously saw a problem and he addressed it and he fixed it. And um, and you can tell. And so uh, the culture's changed. I'm going to piggyback off that question. Um I think one of the biggest hires, one of the ones that I was, you know, most excited about and thought was almost overdue was, was bringing in Mike Hart. Uh, you know, obviously guys, you know, my and Chris's age, we remember watching him, you know, watching him tear it up um, mm -hmm. uh, when he was playing and now we, we watch him at Western and at Indiana and what he's been able to do. He's got coaching chops too. He's not just a, a former good player that got a spot. Like he, he clearly yeah. knows what he's doing. I wonder specifically with him cultural wise, you know, how, how is he? I, I, I mean, I heard he's about his business. I'm sure he has no. fun sometimes, but yeah. I think he also really pushes you guys. Just you, give us the rundown of coach Mike Hart. Which is, that's not a false rumor. He's about his business. Um, you know, I love Coach Hart. I've known him for a couple of years, but, you know, we've really become close since he's been here. 
something I love about him is just like he doesn't want to lose. Like he's a dog. Like you know, he he expects nothing but the best from you every each and every day. And um, he, he's he's smart with the game. You know, his IQ is great. So the things I've learned from him already are unbelievable. Like it's helped me see the game way differently. And uh, I think that's one of the biggest attributes Coach Jim, you know, did to the team this year with Coach Mike Hart. Um, you know, with him being close to my size, we, they, they need the same size, you know. Uh, I feel like we can see see things evenly. Uh, I can take things that he used to do when he played and add it to my game. You know, I can ask him questions, not just about football, though. Uh, something I like, uh, I like about Coach Hart, he teaches us stuff about life. And um, I think that's huge because it's bigger than football at the end of the day. And so, uh, yeah, I like Coach Hart. I love the dude. I, I was going to say, there, there's no way that Mike Hart, who played at about 5'9", 205, came in and didn't automatically look at you and go, I like that kid. I, I like, I like him. I like him. Uh, yeah. I mean, that is funny that you think that I wonder, you know, what, what kind of, first of all, I'm sure you've at this point, if you haven't, but you've probably gone back and watched some of his clips and how oh, he was as a running sure. back. Right. Yeah, I watched this film even before he came here. You know, I, I knew about, I knew who Mike Hart was. So, so I, I watched so, this film like before I committed and stuff. I'm curious about this because we hear it all the time. Fans are like, oh, so-and-so, get him to coach. Get Like any player who's ever played, they're like, get him to coach. And that doesn't always work, but it is with him. I just wonder, as a running back, and in your case specifically, you guys are close in the same size. How much more do you like believe or trust what he's saying because of the kind of player he was, what he did, what he can lean on? Oh, I, I trust everything he said. You know, I don't go against anything he says because he's done it. You know he's the leading. He's leading in everything at Michigan. So why why wouldn't I? You know what I'm saying? So it's like everything he says, I'm paying attention to. With I'm not even blinking. Like I'm locked in. Everything he says, I'm locked in. Um, but yeah, I don't. I believe everything Coach Mike Hart says. Yeah, and so you guys. I mean, you obviously. You know, we talked earlier about how last year was a tough year. And this year, you know, you guys still have a tough schedule ahead of you. And I know you don't pay too much attention to what people on the outside are saying about the program, but, you know, there is a growing narrative out there that this year is expected to be a down year, that this is almost a rebuild year, that, you know, 2022 is really when it's supposed to come together for this team. Um, as somebody, you know, like you, who's got big goals for this season, what do you think when you hear the narrative that this is supposed to be a down year or a rebuild year. I mean, you're in the trenches with those guys. You see the work that's being put in. What goes through your head when you hear something like that? I mean, not much, really. Uh, at the end of the day, um, they're going to believe what they want to believe anyway. So it's like I don't pay attention to anything anyone else says because uh, I know. I know what's going to happen. They don't. They just – that's their opinions, and their opinions don't matter. Um so I don't I don't pay attention to the outsiders. Uh, a lot of a lot of people that say stuff like that are just hiding behind a, uh, a computer anyway, you know. So it's like I, I know a few of those people. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't pay attention to them. They don't. They have no effect on me. Is it um, is it hard to tune that out? I mean, you're on social media. You've got Instagram, yeah. Twitter. You know, is is it is it hard to tune that stuff out? You must see a lot of it fly around, or are you just yeah, yeah. you know you're you're. you're you got the blinders on. You don't see it at all. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not really hard to 
tune it out. I mean, you obviously gonna see it. Yeah, uh, tagging you and stuff like that. But I think, <laughs> like, I mean, if you click on their profile, they have like five followers. It's like you just <laughs> created a page to say something. Like, like how bored are you? You know, like, you don't have a job or something. There's was, a lot of bored people out I there. I don't, I don't pay attention to um what they say at all. Like, it, it doesn't mess with me. I'm a, I'm gonna be me regardless, you know. And so. It, do, it doesn't have an effect on me. Like I said, I mean, the people that think we're, this is a rebuilding year, all right, thank it. Yeah. Man, I don't know what else to say. Throw you know. a little bit more love out there. Who's this guy? Raheem Anderson, some guy <laughs> named Raheem Anderson. I think he's tuned. I think he's tuned into like all these, hasn't he? I think he said something to just about all these. Well, uh, and and Andrew, stop by. <laughs> so. Um, Obviously, no conversation with a Michigan football player is complete without talking about Ohio State, right? Mm-hmm. And, and you know, Brandon and I were both at Big Ten Media Days. You know, the guys that were there, God bless them, but they spent a lot of time talking about Ohio State and the mm-hmm. rivalry and how long it's been. And, you know, you guys, you know, based on the answers that we heard, there does seem to be a renewed focus and we can see things like signs in the weight room. Like what are you doing today to beat Ohio state? Can you talk a little bit about just, do you feel that there's a different focus on the rivalry this year? And if so, you know, what feels different about it? What, what are you guys doing differently this year than you experienced, you know, last year? Like you said, there's stuff, there's stuff posted up all around uh, Um uh, So we had no other choice, but to see it every day. And when you see that, that makes you want to grind harder. Um, but then again, you know, we're taking it day by day. We got to get through the first game. We got to beat Washington. We got to beat, you know, Wisconsin before we can even get to them. We got to beat Penn State. Um, but every day we're working towards beating Ohio State. And that's how it's going to be all year. That's how it's been since, you know, um, winter, when the winter cycle, spring ball. Uh, and come come that time. We're going, we're going we're going to show the world we're going to show show everyone but uh like i said uh september 4th is coming up so we got to put on a show september 4th and then the week after that and the week after that um but there's definitely been been a change in the way we approach uh playing ohio state and i feel like uh this is this is the most we've talked about them in years um so it's going to be good yeah, that's that seems to be what we've been hearing. I mean, nobody really shied away from it. Aiden, you know, Josh Ross, Hassan, even Coach Harbaugh, all pretty open about it at Big Ten Media Day. So they get there or die trying. I think is that's what right. Said, right. Yeah, that's, that's right. right. Coach Harbaugh said we're going to do it. We're going to die trying, and, and that's the mindset I feel like we all have. Speaking of that, I mean, you know, even at Big Ten Media Days, he seemed Coach Harbaugh seemed. I don't know if it was more jovial, if he was, if there was more energy. I don't know what it was, but he's, he, it's something seemed different. Do you guys, do you guys Coach, notice that? A, in him? Coach, Coach got his swagger back. Yeah, yeah, right. So, so it's not just, it's not just, uh, you know, like people on the outside making something out of it where there is nothing, right? Like there's, there's a, you can, you guys yeah. can tell, right? The players. Can oh, tell. you can tell. You and it's not even in Coach Harbaugh. I feel like it's in everyone. Like you know, uh, it's like. The culture is really changing, and so and you can you can tell it in everyone. You can tell the way we approach everything we do. It could be the smallest thing or the biggest thing. We're gonna approach it the same way. We're gonna give our all, and so uh, you you can tell. 
All right, Brandon, do you want to go to uh, viewer questions and comments or do you want to go I've straight actually, into it? Yeah, let's let's jump into what we're trying to finish up here at the end. I think most of the stuff that people have asked has actually been asked at this point. So Okay. Well, I here's the deal. So, so, so Blake, this is the point in the interview where normally I would ask you questions to like, you know, what's your guilty pleasure music, your favorite artist. I would try to get something out of you that, you know, that would get people talking, but we're not going to do that this time. We're actually going to throw you a curveball a little bit. We're going to hop into Brandon, hit the music. We are going into a uh, football feud. Football feud is what we're going to call this. Segment Look at like it, Blake. He's ready to go, man. <laughs> And we, we talked a little bit about this. So Blake has played Family Feud before. He understands how it works. It's a little bit different here since we don't have a screen. But Blake, this is how it's going to work. So so lock in. Right. You're going to get five <laughs> questions. You're going to have 20 seconds to answer five questions. The top answers are worth 10 points. You need 30 points to win this game. Okay. The way it's going to work is we're going to create a leaderboard. We're going to have other players on. And so <laughs> your score is important, man. This is like oh, part of your you. Michigan legacy. Cut it. the music. All right. Cut the music. Here we go. Here cut we go. <laughs> All right. So the, the, you're going to have 20 seconds. The timer is going to start after I read the first question. Brandon, are you ready with the timer? I'm ready, man. Let's get right, this. Let's, let's go with it. Blake, name something that goes up and down. Football. Name something a cowboy would hate to have happen. His cows run away. Name something that moves very slowly. A turtle. Name something you might bring on a date. Ah, the money. <laughs> Name something you shake before using. A protein shake. <laughs> right. That was perfect. That was perfect timing. All that was right. pretty good. That was pretty good. Right at the 22nd mark. All right. So we're going to go back through them, right? We're going to see how you scored. You got to get 30 points. Obviously, top answers are worth 10 points, and then all it goes right. all the way down to Let's one point. So, <laughs> so for question, <laughs> question number one, I said something that goes up and down. I believe you said football. Yeah, it can go up. It can come down. Oh. <laughs> All right, zero points, zero points there. So we're not off to a solid start here. Name something uh, uh, for just so you know. The number one answer there was roller coaster. Roller coaster would have gotten you ten points. Makes sense. Uh, Makes question sense. number two: Name something a cowboy would hate to have happen. You said lose their cows. Yeah, lose the last cow. <laughs> Which I think, zero. <laughs> I think that's a pretty good answer. Lose their last it's, it's a pretty it's, good that you know see but blake is a blue collar guy maybe you over you were overthinking it like the general public doesn't know how that stuff works the number one answer was loses his hat loses uh, his cowboy hat would have got you 10 points I but i think I, I think you picked up from here though i think it gets a little bit better from here uh, there's totally still a good. chance to save it so number three the question was name something that moves very slowly you said turtle Hey, we got we it. Go. So that's 10, 9, 8, 7 points. Seven so points. Far for Blake Question number four name something you might bring on a date. You said money. Yay! Money. Seven points. So that's 14. No, that's eight. Four. That was eight oh, points. Oh, that's eight only points. eight points? Yeah. Oh, no, money okay. was money was eight, eight points. Money was eight points. So seven. seven. So we're at what? 15, 15. points overall. So Blake, you can't get to 30. You can't win this, but you know, we'll, we'll see where this, we'll see where this shakes out. Name something you shake before using. I'm not surprised. He said protein shake. 
On there, you on the board. It. That's three points. What's what's the grand total? I, I lost track. Where so the grand total is 19 points. That protein so, shake was four points. Four points so for that. You, you fell a, a bit short of the 30 points. Uh, we're going to have to go ahead and give you the boo track here. Is that coming out here? <laughs> hey. If my dad comes on the show, I want to go against him. There you okay. go. Well, that, yeah, that's we'll what do we're that. gonna do. That's what we're gonna do. But you know, yeah. you you obviously this was the first one, and and uh, we appreciate you playing along. And so far, because you were the first one, your score your right now play. is in top place. So it's <laughs> up to the other Michigan football players to come on and try to dethrone you. Right now, you are the champion, um, Blake. We obviously appreciate you coming on. It was a hell of a time. Um, and and Brandon, I'll let you close it out. If there's anything else you want to say. Yeah, last actually, I did see a, a fan question real quick that I wanted to throw out there because I'm a little bit curious too, and I think I can see it. But somebody wants to see the necklace; they want to see what it says and what that's all about. The chain uh, gang. So, so this is a uh, my grind fit necklace. Long story short, uh, I don't know what grade I was in, but I was working out. I was working out in the yard. Um, my dad was at work. You know, my dad works long days, and so I sent him a video of me working out, and I said, uh. If you're working, I'm going to work to make sure, you know, uh, we're going to be good. And so um, my dad posted that on Facebook. You know, we got a lot of love from it. Y'all should create something with it. Y'all should create something with it. Uh, so we created Grind Fit. It's a clothing line. Um, you know, we have some merchandise. Uh, and the slogan is, you work, I work. And so if, if, if my pops is working, I'm going to work. If uh, my teammates are working, I'm going to work. So it just go. It doesn't have to be with. It can be with life, you know. If you're working, I'm working. Um, so uh, that's my that's my clothing line. That's my chain. And uh, yep. There you go. Well, I'm gonna throw a couple things uh, a couple things up there that I'm, I'm quite certain it's family at least. So I'm sure you want to see it. I'm not. You can let us know who this is. That's my aunt. That's my aunt too. So she says, dad. "Great job!" And then you challenge Pops to a family football feud showdown, and Dad's talking smack, man. Dad's yeah, talking dude. smack already. Well, now, now so. we have to do it. Now we have to do it because now it's now it's personal. It's good stuff. That was good. Blake, thank you so much for the time, yeah, man. man. I think that went pretty well. We're still working the bugs out a little bit. Um, we'll get there. We'll it was get great. There. It was great. A couple good answers. I, I mean, a couple that I thought were okay, but uh, yeah. I, yeah. I, uh, I thought too hard on it, you know. You over, yeah, you can't uh, overthink in in, in uh, football feud, but you know what? Solid score, solid score. All good, sense. thank you, Blake. So much, thanks. Um, and and good luck this year, man. Uh, yeah, man. Most health and success for you in 2021, and we'll uh we'll do this again sometime, man. Appreciate it. Sounds good. I appreciate you. All right, take care. All right, there is Blake Corum. Interview number what is this? Four? Number four for know, us yeah. now? Number four. Player number JJ, four. JJ, JJ Mozzie. Alan Bowman and now Blake Corum. So yeah. getting uh, you know, we got some we got some skill guys, a couple Hell quarterbacks. Of a way to close out the week, that's for defense sure. event. Yeah, that was fun, man. That was yeah. fun. I I hope people enjoyed that. It was fun to see Blake, uh, you know, throwing some answers out there, <laughs> uh, trying to figure it out. So no, that was cool. And uh, like we said, you know, when I introed him as we closed out right there, I think he could be I think he could be awesome in 2021. Yeah. I really do. I think he could be outstanding. The skill set that he has, you know, he he mentioned the one-two punch with Hassan Haskins and how we're going to see some of Donovan Edwards. And I keep coming back to that's why I'm I'm so anxious to see what Mike Hart does with that position yeah. group because it's loaded, man. It's a loaded, loaded group. And uh, yeah, there yeah. Were, like I said before, there were times when you watch Blake last year where I'm like, damn, 
he's the only back doing that. And, you know, yeah. Diamond Edwards is more like Blake than anybody they had last year. But I'm, I'm excited, excited for him and that group for sure. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's no question about it. You and I have talked about it quite a bit. We're, you know, we're, we're not shy about the fact that we're pretty high on him. And I think, you know, the, the thing that's going to set him apart, and that's not to like, you know, say anything negative about the other guys that are sort of vying mm-hmm. for reps out on the field. But I just think he, you know, like physically he's, you know, that's one thing, but mentally he's just built different. Like I, I love the way the guy works. I love the way the guy thinks. I just think he's got a really good head on his shoulders. And I think that when you combine his mentality with what he's capable of from a physical standpoint, to me, he just seems like that guy, he's that dude. And I'm, I'm excited to see, you know, the season kick off and see what he can do because we only got a little taste of it last year Mm -hmm. and, and, and it was a shame. And I think, um, you know, he didn't want to say it was going to be a coming out party this upcoming season, but I think, you know, the country is going to get to know Blake Corum very quickly. Give grandma Corum a little love. She's, she's in there. She's watching. (laughs) I'm sure the whole family enjoyed watching Blake, you know, talk the real stuff, have some fun with us. Yeah. I, yeah. I thought that was so funny that he said protein shake. And I was like, oh, man, I don't know if that's going to be there. And it was, it was there. Sure enough. It was there. Yeah, It yeah. was there. So, oh man, no, that was fun, man. That was fun. Uh, and we're going to continue to get better with the, with the sounds and the background stuff that we're going to do. And we're I'm excited, there. man. I'm excited about moving forward with this and, and uh, continuing to get better on the pod and the live stream. So shifting gears over to basketball, yesterday was obviously the NBA draft. Um, the big news, uh, Franz Wagner going number eight overall to the Magic, joining Mo at least for the time being. Uh, Mo signed with Orlando in April and just signed through the remainder of the regular season. Um, so his his future there is a little uncertain. And actually, I, I tweeted something about this. They showed They showed Franz's jersey being made which included him getting the number 21, which is what number Mo wore last year. So that's not like the best sign that they're going to play together, but still really cool. Mo obviously very, very happy for his younger brother. He put out a really cool message to him. I put a story up about that earlier today and uh, just really cool. I mean, really cool to see Franz be a top 10 pick and go to a team like the magic who are really, really young and, and in a you know kind of ground floor build rebuild, so they weren't very good last year. I think they had the second worst record in the league. Um, but they've got some young pieces now. They obviously took Jalen Suggs number four and then backed that up with with Franz at number eight. And then one of the coolest moments of the night was Isaiah Livers going to the Pistons. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm a Pistons fan, have been my whole life, and big fan of Isaiah, one of the one of the best kids you could ever cover. And just horribly on horribly unfortunate way for his career at Michigan to end, you know, with the ankle injury and on the, or the foot injury or whatever it may have been on the sidelines watching. And then to see him get picked by his hometown or his home state team. And, you know, he's going to be right around the area still. And I, I think he's got a great skill set for, for the NBA. I mean, I just think he, everything he's really good at is what the NBA is all about. He's really, really smart. He's got good size and he can shoot it work a little bit harder on defense and he's going to be a guy that gets a lot of minutes. So I'm, I was super excited about that. And then Shondi Brown signed with the Lakers, uh, or at least is going to play summer ball with the Lakers and Mike Smith is going to do so with the bucks. So I, I mean, I don't know how much you watched of it. I don't know if you were tuned in all night or not, but I guess, uh, you know, 
you got a little bit more plugged into basketball this past year yeah. than you were in the past. What, what were your thoughts coming out of the draft? Well, my, I mean, my thoughts are, you know, it's it's a good night for Michigan, Michigan fans, and it's a hell of a night for Detroit Pistons fans. I mean, I'm, I'm excited to watch the Detroit Pistons play just based yeah. on who they drafted this year. I mean, you know, you got Garza, you got guys coming out of the Big Ten, you got, you know, the number one overall pick. It's going to be interesting to watch them play, but man, like, you look at what the University of Michigan is doing and, and how that basketball program is pumping out elite talent, first round talent. I mean, they are among the best in college basketball. And I know that, you know, football is always going to be the darling in Ann Arbor. But yeah. man, what the basketball team is doing, not just under Jawan Howard, but going back to, you know, the time when Beeline was here, this is an elite basketball program. And it's just it's interesting because I don't know where there's another dynamic like this in the country where one team is like the basketball team is so good and the football team kind of struggles a little bit, but the, you know, you know what I mean? Like you would think that the basketball team would be far more popular in Michigan than it is. I just, I just think people need to like hop on and pay attention to what's going on with this program because it is elite. And, and, and once again, they are primed to make a deep run in the tournament. It's what it's like what you said. I mean, like Michigan basketball is popular, and there's a fan base, and the the atmosphere at Chrysler is great, and it's all good. But yeah, football is always gonna you know butter the bread. It just yeah. is what it is. But even even with such a stark difference in what they've achieved over the last couple of seasons, I mean, Jawan Howard comes in year two, outright Big Ten champs, and puts a guy you know puts a guy in Franz Wagner in the lottery, and. Has him, I, I think, and I, I don't have any problem saying this, and this is not a shot at John Beeline, but he's taken what John Beeline built and made it better, which yeah. I just, I didn't think was was possible. I mean, I again, that wasn't, you know, I was a little skeptical of Juwan Howard having never been a head coach. I, I knew he knew basketball. I knew he'd be able to recruit. I knew he was a stand-up guy and would be able to win the press conferences and get in living rooms and blow people away, but to then do what he also did as an on-court coach and to put the staff around him that he did and to create the culture that he has, it's been it's been nothing short of amazing. I think that's yeah. been amazing. And where the program is right now is incredible. And it's it's just getting better and better. I mean, people are it's July, football camp is about to start, and people are so pumped about the basketball season already. And I can't of, remember when when I is know. the last time it's been like that in Ann Arbor this time of year. You yeah. know, like no, was, I, I mean, I don't remember it. No, I, as good as John Beeline's teams always were, it never felt like this, in my yeah. opinion. And, uh, you know, you've got Hunter Dickinson coming back and Eli Brooks and Brandon Johns, a really good core of three or four guys that have played a lot. You add in a guy like Devontae Jones, grad transfer from Coastal Carolina, and then the number one recruiting class in the country with a couple of five star kids who are going to play and maybe start. I mean, I think at least one of them will start Caleb Houston, probably. I don't know, man. It's it's just humming along, and I'm excited to watch them play whenever they get ready to tip it off. But we, we do have football first, and I'm we getting do. more and more excited about that every day. Yeah. I I don't know if I would say – I think Michigan's at 7-5. and five. We've talked about this, the football team. You're at 9-3. and three. If if they do go 7-5, and five, is is that a down year? Would you put that in the down year category? Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. okay. I think, I, I I think just... anything south of eight wins is a down year. Okay. I think eight wins is like that's the that's the baseline. That's the bar. If if you hit eight wins, it's like it's a meh 
kind of season, you know, it's like, uh, okay. But if you're, if you're South of eight wins, that's a down year. If you're North of eight wins, it's a good year. But for me, for a program like Michigan, they got to be at eight wins in that conference. And when you go through the schedule, even if you have them at eight wins, you're picking losses in that schedule where Michigan that, you know, there, there are games in there that Michigan should be winning. They recruit, you know, outside of Ohio state, they're the best recruiting program in the big 10. They're normally, you know, number one or number two over the last 20 years. We've done that. I think 17 out of the last 20 years, they've had the number one or number two recruiting class. So yeah, I mean, they got to get to eight wins South of eight wins is a bad year for this team. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think that's bad for any Michigan team. I just don't, you know, with with what Michigan has, the resources, the way they can recruit, the the kind of money they can throw around at assistant coaches. It, I mean, you should never be worse than that, in my opinion. I just, you know, it's no program is immune to bad seasons, but I mean, in sure. general, going in year after year, that's you know, eight should be the absolute floor, in my opinion. So yeah, I'm I'm with you. I. I just think of like, you know, seven and five is not good. But when I look at the teams that I potentially have them losing to, I mean, the only one that I would be like pissed about in a normal Michigan year is, is Indiana because Michigan has just been so good against them for so long. They're just in a good spot right now. And I don't know if Michigan is, but like Washington, they're a comp they're, you know, they're a, they're a competitor in the big, in the pac 12, uh, Wisconsin, Ohio state, Penn state, they're, you know, they're in, in the discussion with Michigan, certainly historically and year after year. So I don't, I don't know. I, I just, I don't disagree that seven and five is probably a down year, but I don't know if that's, I don't know. I wouldn't say that's like the bottom fell out type of situation. No, it's not, but it's a bad year. And, and like you and I have talked a lot about this before. I just, I can't, I can't get to a place where entering year seven, is a rebuild yeah. well, year when, when we haven't really, or I say we, when, when the team hasn't really, you know, gotten as far as you would have expected them to get by this point, you know? Mm -hmm. So in the absence of a big 10 title in the absence of a win against Ohio state as a fan, I can't accept a rebuild year going into year seven. To me, it's like, all right, this is year seven. Like you've had plenty of time to recruit, put the pieces in place, build this. Like, this is your baby. Now this is not rich rod. This is not Brady hope. This is like, none of that exists anymore. This is your baby. And you got to find a way to make it work. And, and, the thing I will say is it does sound like from every player we speak to that something, it just feels different, you know? And, and, and we, again, we talk a little bit about like making a lot of little changes can add up into one, like playing music at practices or the coaching changes you make or whatever it is to your assistant staff. It seems like whatever Jim Harbaugh has done, has really worked within that locker room. And if it pays dividends on the football field this fall, I mean, you got to give Jim Harbaugh a ton of credit for what he did this offseason. We'll see if it plays out that way, but it, it sure as hell seems like it going into the season that it's had an impact on at least the mentality of these guys going into the year. Based on all the things we've heard from, from media day and from talking to four of these guys now, the, how do I want to say this? The height, the height of the peak and the, the depth of the valley is going to be such a big gap after that second game. Yeah. That Washington yep. game, you know, exactly. we've talked about it over and over and over how that, that game is going to kind of drive the rest of the season, I think, or at least the narrative 
as the rest of the season plays out. Like if they come out and they beat Washington and if it's, you know, a convincing win, especially, I mean, you're going to lean, you're going to look back on all these quotes and say like, like they, they had it. They knew, they knew something was up. They could feel it. Props to Jim Harbaugh for making the changes he made. He knew it was necessary. He cleaned house and it, it, it freaking worked at least yep. through two games. It worked. And on the flip side, if they, if they lose that game, I mean, it's just going to be, you know, a Michigan stadium sized foot in the mouth. Right. Yeah. You're going to be, you know, you're going to go back and you're going to listen to every single soundbite from Big Ten Media Days. You're going to listen to every single soundbite of any player talking about, you know, how things just feel different. And you're, you're, you're going to question that. And I know a lot of people in this fan base are already there. Like they don't care what's being said. They didn't care about what was said in big time media days. They don't care what's being said in these interviews. They're, they're already at the point where they just have to see it in the field. I'm still kind of, you know, just based on what we do, I'm interested to hear what the mindset of these players is. And it has been extremely consistent throughout. Now, granted, I get that, you know, you're not going to have a player show up to Big Ten media days and be like, well, the culture just kind of sucks or the vibe just isn't right right now. You know, you're, you're not going to have that happen at Big Ten media days. But these guys have gone out of their way to talk about just how different it is and talk about culture and talk about mentality. And uh, you're right. If if week two comes and goes and and that is an embarrassment on national television under the lights uh, you know, I think a lot of people are going to be sitting back saying like, how the hell did that happen based on everything we heard going into the year? There, there are going to be a lot of, there's going to be a, if that's a win, it's, it's going to, I mean, it, the, the energy around Ann Arbor is going to be insane. Rock, yeah. The buzz, the, the vibe, the way that recruiting visits feel the, the confidence of the players on the team the the pep and the coaches step when they're doing their media availabilities and you you know you whatever whatever the case may be and on the flip side if they lose that game there are going to be there's so many people are going to mail it in it's so i mean yeah i i just can't remember a non-conference game like like this feeling so like like such a tipping point in either in both directions i i just i really I'm so, I'm just so anxious. I'm so anxious for things to get going so we can see what it looks like and and get some answers and just see what what's really going to happen and how it's going to play out. Well, and normally I wouldn't put so much importance and emphasis on one game, but given the way last season played out, you know, you're coming off a 2 and 4 season, that was a difficult year for everybody. Mm-hmm. You got to get a big win early. If you have the opportunity to do it, it's going to change the entire mindset of your team. But, you know, if you come off of a season like that and then, then you first, you know, I, I understand Western Michigan comes first, but I'm, you know, as a fan and as somebody who reports on, it, I'm not going to spend time talking about Western Michigan because if that's where we're at with this football program, then we're having totally different conversations. Michigan will take care of Western, but they've got to take care of business week two because that's mm-hmm. their first opportunity to really come out and say, you know, Hey, Last year, that that was an anomaly. That wasn't who we are. That wasn't what we're about, and and prove it on the field. But yeah, man, it is it is that fork in the road. That's that's the difference between seven and five and nine and three. And and we'll see how it shakes out. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I mean, that's it's. I I feel like maybe almost every episode it comes up somehow, some way. That week two game against Washington, I think that speaks to just how important that game is and what that will mean for the whole season. I wanted to ask you real quick, Chris, before we switch to our last and final or our, our next and final topic, 
Um, the stuff about the stuff about last year, the the COVID year, twenty twenty, the seasons on, seasons not on, the testing every day, the man seniors. Like I thought, Blake's answer was as as open and honest and real feeling as as any answer you could give yeah. to that question. I just wonder how how is it that Michigan got hit like a like it was a truck by that, but a team like Indiana almost thrived and and had one of its best seasons in several decades. And then of course, like, I mean, Ohio state's crazy talented, but like they looked like a machine and they go on to the, to the national title game. And, you know, Michigan state can somehow come in and beat Michigan during all that stuff. Yeah. And Rutgers can battle Michigan. And I, 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 again, I'm not, I'm not discrediting what Blake or any of the players have said, cause they all said kind of the same thing. It was, and I know, it, I know that it was tough for a lot of people, whether it was, the, the athletes or the coaches or their families or people working a nine to five. Like it was, it's 2020 sucked for a lot of people. Yeah. I just wonder why Michigan specifically seemed to be so, so hampered by that year when other teams weren't. Well, I think from listening to the players, it just goes to show how important culture is. And I yeah. think, you know, when you look at some of these elite teams like Ohio State, Alabama, Clemson, like their culture is it is what it is and it works and they've got it figured out. And when you're a team like Michigan and you're struggling to find answers at several positions and the culture and the environment in the locker room isn't what it should be. That's how you get to two and four. And that's how a team like Indiana can beat you. And that's how a team like Michigan State, who's in a rebuilding year, can come into your house as a 21 point dog and, and beat you. And so. I don't think it's a coincidence that the guys have spent a considerable amount of time talking about how different the culture is this year. And again, I go back to the fact that it's clear that something was wrong. I mean, if you look at mm. the offseason changes to this coaching staff, it's significant. There's not a lot of people that were retained. Um, and even the people that were retained are doing different things now. So I think that's how that happens. I think you've got some coaches or some players on the roster contributing to a culture that's just not healthy. And when you couple that with the fact that you're still trying to figure things out on the field, um, it just seems like it's, it's, it's far too easy for a program like Michigan to stumble. Yeah. That's, is there actually of, of any of the assistants, is there anybody doing the exact same thing as last year? Nua is Gattis? the only one I can think of, right? Nua. Nua Gattis, yeah. Gaddis, but now he's got a co-offensive co coordinator. Right. So, so his got, so yeah. his role has changed. I mean, he's still yeah. the receivers coach. He's still the the co uh, the OC, but Sharon Moore is now helping him with that role. So sure. yeah, Nua, that's it. Yeah. One coach, one coach on the entire staff is is coming into 2021 the same way that that he came into 2020. That is a lot of change. A and, lot and of change. It's a lot of change. And so, it, you, like you said, completely indicative that something was wrong in correct. a big way, when in you a hear, major I, way. I think when you start to put the puzzle pieces together, you look at the changes Jim Harbaugh made, you listen to what these players are saying about what the difference was between last year and this year, you kind of get a sense of what was going on. Like, they're just – there wasn't a good vibe in this team. Like the, the, I don't know if there was any true leadership. I, I, I don't know what was going mm -hmm. on, but something was clearly wrong to the point where Jim Harbaugh had to restructure everything with his staff. And based on the work that he's done, the players notice it, the players feel it. And even a guy like Blake, who's only entering year two, you know, stepping into a leadership role, like he feels like a veteran on this team. Like when you talk to him, he just feels like a guy who's been around for a long while. So, you know, I, 
it, it's hard on this side of it to not get excited about the season and be like, you know what, this time it's different. It's different this time. And I, I'm trying to keep myself from going there. But every time we talk to them and every time we hear these stories, I, you know, I think culture is a big deal. And I think your mentality is a big deal. And if they are that much better off this year than they were last year, you know, we'll see what happens. But to me, nine wins is not, uh, it's not crazy. Roll the, roll the helmets out there and see what happens, man. That's, that's where we're at. And that's what, uh, that's what everybody's waiting for. You just, everybody's so anxious to see how the defense looks. It's like seven until camp starts, but yeah, yeah, it's would be, 30 like 35 okay 35 days till kickoff something like that so it's close yeah it's close a month from today would be august or would be uh yeah august 30th and then four days into september so yeah 34 35 days is all um it's coming man it's coming fall camp just about six or seven days away and last but not least we'll finish up with the barbecue at the big house, which is taking place this weekend, always one of Michigan's bigger recruiting events. Uh, a lot of the committed guys will be there. Will Johnson, Cody Jones, Alessandro Lorenzetti, Aaron Alexander from Belleville, Tyler Morris, Mario Eugenio, CJ Stokes, the running back from South Carolina that I spent some time with, Connor Jones, the offensive lineman out of, I believe, Tennessee, Tayshon Trent, big-bodied receiver from Detroit. So those are the committed guys that will be in the house. Uh, Deion Walker from Cast Tech, the big defensive tackle, will be there. Uh, Isaiah Hastings, another defensive lineman who's really high on Michigan. Keep an eye on him this weekend. And then some young guys, too. Um, trying to think of who's worth mentioning from that young list. Uh, CJ Carr, Lloyd Carr's grandson, 2024 quarterback with an, uh, with an offer will be there. Brandon Davis Swain, talented D lineman from, uh, West Bloomfield. So obviously he knows Ron Bellamy very well, but uh, it's always a big event. And now Michigan has uh, a completely new staff handling things like that. Sydney Sims and Christina yeah. DeRuiter and, uh, Courtney Morgan and all these people involved, whereas before it was Matt Dudek, you know, running around like a chicken with his head cut off. And now you've got several people, uh, again, younger, more diverse. There's some there's some women on the staff now. It's just it's I mean, it goes back to what we just talked about in the locker room. And now these aren't these aren't on field people, but it's still it's still new energy. It's still a new vibe. It's still a new approach. And again, back to Jim Harbaugh, you got to give him credit. I, we don't know what it's going to look like yet, but he's he's he trying. trying his ass off. I mean, yeah. you you don't make that many changes and that many adjustments to your program in year seven unless you can look in the mirror and say, like, you know, something's up, something's wrong, something's off. And if this doesn't work, then he's going to have to look in the mirror a little deeper because yeah. then there's there's one thing left. I mean, right. dude, when you when you literally get nine new gigs across your assistant coaching staff and a completely new recruiting department all in one year. And it still somehow doesn't come together. Like, you know, and it hasn't happened yet, but a lot of people think Michigan's going to struggle this year. There, there's only one thing left. Right. It, it is what it is. So we'll see how it looks. We'll see what it plays out like um, when the season starts, but that that's, that's the reality of it. You know, but, you make but, all those changes. You gotta, if that doesn't work, there's, there's one change left. That's I, just, it is what it is. And on the flip side of that, and, and I know you know this, but I'm just saying it out there to anybody who, you know, is like, ah, well, this Harbaugh talk, you know, dogging on Harbaugh. Yeah. If it doesn't work, there's only one guy left, but if it does work there, there was one guy who was really driving we that to it. make it work. And so, yeah. you know, that that's where I'm at. Like I want, 
we both want Jim Harbaugh to succeed because when Harbaugh succeeds, that means the team is succeeding. Um, but you know, win totals are just win totals. Like these guys have to go out and they've got to win something substantial. They've got to, you know, they've got to legitimately compete for a conference title. They've got to legitimately look like they belong on the field with a team like Ohio state, not get their doors blown off. Um, and if they can do that this year, then props to Jim Harbaugh. But man, if it looks like more of the same from 2020, 2019, 2018, then we're going to have to have another, you know, a whole different discussion. Damn it, dude. We forgot to ask about the blue on blue uniforms again. Damn. Again, oh. it got brought up in the comments. Midnight Blues, new coaches. <laughs> well, I think <laughs> a little sarcasm. What could go wrong with that face? But no, I. we've been talking about asking the players about it. I don't know if they're going to. They may not know if they're going to wear them, but I think they probably do. I think they know. I well, think I they think, probably do. You know, those uniform combinations that were coming out on the recruiting the visits. with the yeah. blue pants and the white, like, we want to know. Like, I get that that surface level stuff. Yeah, it's cool, stuff, though. But I still want to know, like, what are we going to see coming out this year? They've obviously got a lot of cool uniform combinations. I'd love to see them all on the field. I think it's great. Yeah, we we saw the, the maize jersey with the blue pants, the white jersey with the blue pants, the all yeah. blues. Uh, haven't seen the white jersey with the yellow with the maize pants in a while. Haven't I seen anybody some, rocking that on a recruiting visit either. Some people think that that could come back this year too. Just a, a complete, almost, almost a complete shakeup of the program from literally, dude, top to bottom. All the assistants, yeah. all the recruiting staff. Uh, you know, some transfers coming in to to maybe play some significant snaps. There's just so many. So many intriguing storylines, dude. I'm I'm very ready for it, um, dude. I just the more we think about it, the more we talk about it, the more I want football to be here. And we're we're now like a month out. We're like a month out. It'll go quick. It'll go quick. I feel like we were just talking about this not too long ago. We were like, oh, 74 days. Well, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. been like 40 days since yeah. we said that. Yeah, but. I mean, we're going to keep bringing you news. We're going to keep bringing you entertaining stuff. I hope everybody out there enjoyed what we did tonight with Blake. I know I did. That was fun. Yeah. Um, honest take, Chris. How'd the game go? I felt like it went good. I was in my element. You're talking about the, the game show? Yeah. Football feud. The only thing I was missing was I wanted the big the big mustache. That was the only thing I was missing. Ah, Steve I, Harvey if I can get if I can get the Steve Harvey stash, I think it'll be on point. But yeah. <laughs> it's Can't fun, have it all, man. You know, it's fun to bring these guys in, have a little bit of fun. Obviously, we want to ask important questions, but uh, yeah, you know, it's always good to have some fun with these guys. So. I will say, I will say, I like the game. Any type of game is fun, and we plan on keeping the scores, and like that actually could turn into something kind of cool. I really liked finding out that like Mozzie Smith is bumping country music, and I really <laughs> liked, you know, I really liked finding out yeah. from Alan Bowman some of the things that you know that he said about his yeah. his music, and yeah, we got to you know, squeeze the, those in there still. We still got to find a way to squeeze them in because you know Blake is listening to country. You know that dude is listening. Probably to music. small town Virginia blue collar. He's out there laying sod. John yeah. Deere. Yeah. Yeah. That John Deere stuff. Yeah. He's yeah. in there. He's in there. Well, appreciate everybody joining us and tuning in and listening. This will be uh, a podcast episode as well moving forward. And we will be back again on Monday. Do we have somebody on Monday? I think so. Yes. Do we want to leak it or not yet? We're not running yet. out of music. Not, not yet. yet. Just come back on Monday and, uh, and you'll find out. I'm sure we'll talk about it between now and then. Thanks everybody out there for listening.